Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed my last interview. And if you were unable to listen to the episode and would like to find it, you can look on my YouTube or Facebook channels, or you can also find it on multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcast has been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Paul Barron is the founder and chief executive of The Wall Printer USA and is responsible for all executive functions, assuring the growth of the corporation and the businesses that purchase a wall printer. His decades of business experience span B2B, B2C, retail, manufacturing, distribution, international business, and franchising. Paul has personally developed and launched business concepts and supported successful revenue growth, which leads to exits for several startups and established businesses. Paul thrives in rapid growth and high energy environments and values a diverse culture with good people who like to dream big, work hard, and have fun. He leads with a positive attitude, humor, and humility. So Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. Appreciate you inviting me to talk with you and your audience. Sure. So I always ask first, before we get into the topic, just to tell me just a little bit about yourself and how did you get into doing what you're doing today? Well, I won't go with, uh, since I'm 71 years old, I won't start with Paul was born at a very young age and take you through the entire journey. But suffice to say that most of my career, after a series of ventures, both working for people as well as starting my own small businesses, either with partnerships or on my own, I fell into a a niche, if you will, being able to articulate the value of products and services for foreign companies outside the United States who are trying to identify their high value customers, vendors, strategic relationships, partnerships, and grow their companies through additional revenue, customer acquisition, or possible partnerships leading to exits um, or just growth. And I've done a series of companies and countries um, that I've supported 
a Russian technology company for about 12 years from 1990 to 19 to almost the year 2002. Then uh, an Australian self-service dog wash that I imported into the United States to help companies who wanted to add a self-service dog wash system to their businesses, like pet shops and gas stations and community dog parks. Then there was a Chinese headband headphone for children and a innovative baby bottle developed in Austria to help uh, mothers and fathers nurture their, their newborns. And generally, I've done this as a hired salesperson throughout my career meaning a, a kind of a hired gun, working on commissions. Sometimes when offered or when I was able, it would be an equity position if I was really passionate and really liked the company and the products and services. Normally, I don't do anything if I don't meet those two criterias that I could get behind a reliable product that actually is a solution to somebody's problem. That's really what I focused on uh, for about 30, 40 years. And so I've retired a couple of times. I've been fortunate. I've done very well financially for myself, for my family, sometimes employees and co-workers and hopefully always customers. But I rarely get up in the morning without thinking, what is Paul going to do when he grows up today? And so mm -hmm. I uh, last time, it was about four years ago when I was comfortably um, in retirement, but always looking around and I would find something interesting to me and I would invariably call to my wife if i'm in my home office today i'm in my office for the wall printer my current company and but when i was home i would call into my wife in another room i'd say hey honey come take a look at this and rather than come into my office and see what i'm talking about she would usually go and cut up my credit cards and hide the bank account from me because she would think that here we go paul's going to invest in something crazy again this time she saw the wall printer a vertical printing machine that she and i had never seen or heard about before a technology that's about 15 years old that was developed in Southeast Asia and had some presence in Europe and Southeast Asia and India and the Middle East, but never came across the pond, so to speak, to the United States until I identified it and saw this as an innovative solution to adding digital art onto walls reliably and quickly. And I jumped in and I invested heavily in the business. I own patents on the product at this stage. Um, have we helped develop some innovations that weren't there to begin with? We're 40 years old now, uh, based in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, we put about 120 new businesses in place who purchase our machines in their local communities to deliver art to schools, homes, restaurants, event spaces, medical offices, any place there's a wall, or in fact a floor too, because we have floor printers as well as, well as wall printers. So that gives you the journey to today. Perfect. So our topic today is like the new rules of selling in today's business environment. So what's different between like the old way and the new way? So the old way, when I first got started selling with my own businesses, I was in retail shops. I had a couple of tennis shops that I founded out as soon as I graduated college and went into the business world by owning a, uh, creating a, a tennis sporting goods store in the college town where I was. And selling was a matter of interacting with people. People would come and they would take a look at the tennis rackets or the try-on sneakers, and they would uh, haggle with the price sometimes, sometimes not, and sometimes try on things or practice with the tennis racket first. Well, that was, uh, and, and the marketing was the word of mouth or the local magazines, newspapers, um, what have you. As the world evolved and the internet came on, uh, all of a sudden you had things like Craigslist, which replaced a lot of the 
newspaper, traditional classified advertising, and things would go online. And then the whole the whole pyramid of marketing leading to a sale kind of condensed itself, where everybody now is doing, and I'll take buying a car for an example. You used to go to the dealership, just like people came into my sporting goods store, either try a tennis racket or try on sneakers. You'd go to a car dealership and you'd try you'd look for the color of the car, the model of the car. You, you might have gotten there because you were referred by a friend or you knew somebody who had that type of car, that model. And then you'd go ahead and test drive it. And then you'd start haggling over the price and you'd, you'd add the options to it. The, the, the dealer would sh- try to show you all these new features, you know, whether it be uh, air conditioning, heated seats, um, a sunroof, what, a, what have you. And then you make your decision buy the car or go kick the tires somewhere else, so to speak. Well, now everything is done online. I don't care whether you're going to a restaurant, you're going to a movie, or you're buying a car or a pair of sneakers. You're doing all that homework online. You're looking at reviews, whereas where it used to be a lot of telephone conversations and personal conversations, now now you're commenting on a website. You're asking Mm -hmm. for information through a text exchange or a chat, and you're doing all of your homework and research online. Usually the only thing that's happening from the selling end is the actual transaction, which these days can also be online with a credit card purchase, as opposed to walking into a store when you've already made your decision, you've done your homework, you've done your, your trial and error, and now you're just going there basically to buy the product or sometimes mm-hmm. just to pick up the product, which you've already paid for online, then you're just going to the department store or car dealership or home improvement place just to pick up the goods you've already purchased. So mm-hmm. th- those are the, the new rules of selling is engaging people with the new social media, what's available now to interact with people and the way you communicate. I mean, there's still a need for good communication of understanding, but but understanding somebody's tone when you and I are talking candid and seeing their face, that's lost in a lot of interactions these days. So mm-hmm. communication, an email, a text, comment on a website, it's really important to articulate your words very, very carefully. Get your grammar correct and get your spelling correct. You can accept people by, you know, turning them off when you, uh, you know, it's easy to say, Candy, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Or is it, is it Messer or is it, well, there's not too many different ways for me to pronounce your name. There aren't too many different ways for people to pronounce Paul Barron, which is my name. And uh, so it's, it's really, but in a face-to-face, you know, you can ask the person, am I pronouncing your name correctly? That's more involved, more difficult in a chat communication or an mm-hmm. email communication or a text. And so it's important to try to get things right, do your homework, do your research in a totally different way. Today, you do your homework by going to people's websites. You go to their LinkedIn page. You find out something about their profile. You find, you check the reviews. Those are the new ways that se- sales are conducted today. So obviously, too, when we're communicating just in writing, too, especially in short messages like text or things like that, too, sometimes the tone can be misinterpreted, too. So like, do you have a tip for someone who is a business trying to put themselves out there and communicate with people, but maybe they're getting those messages through like a text message or like, you know, a message on Facebook or Instagram or something like how can they make sure that what they're saying is interpreted correctly? Well, ultimately, the only way to tell is if you actually can conclude a transaction with somebody. Mm-hmm. When you've actually had that interaction with them to the point that they've made a purchase decision, 
that's when you know you've not only targeted the right person and you've communicated the value proposition of your products or services, but when they're ready to go ahead and say yes and make that purchase decision, and that's no different than it's ever been, that's the validation that all the marketing that preceded it then produces. Mm-hmm. You know, For us, we get 150 inquiries every single day at the wall printer. And this is an innovative product. People see a video. It takes you only 15 seconds on our website to understand exactly what it is we do. But people inquire, as I said, 150 of these a day we're getting. 140 of them are people who realize this is a $30,000 commercial printing machine at that point and not a $100 desktop printer that mm-hmm. prints your documents or pictures on your desktop. And so they, they say, no, that's not for me. Or they might say, no, I don't want to buy the machine, but maybe I've got a wall that can be printed either in my home, put up a picture of my family or sports, a sports team or in my restaurant or in my office, school, whatever. You know, they might find a place for artwork somewhere and mm-hmm. look at this as an alternative to what the current offerings are of hand painting or painted framed portrait or something. Mm-hmm. So they look at this as a possible solution. That's 140 of those 150, but 10 of them are people that eventually will then accept an invitation to have a call with me, just like you and I are having today, Candy, and we'll have a Zoom meeting online. We'll get to meet each other. They'll get to ask all their questions. I'll get to let them know exactly what the benefits are of the wall printer, what justifies the price, tell them about the competitive landscape, which they should be doing on their own if they do the same due diligence I just described by going online and finding out who the competition is, who else is doing this, what are the options available to them besides our product. And when we get through all of that courtship, which I call it, then they make a decision to either come and visit with us, talk to some of our customers, and then eventually buy the product. So again, all of all the social media aspects are really geared to that ultimate transaction. Right. Well, while you were talking too, it made me think of, you know, the messaging, like you said, someone can come to your website within 15 seconds, you know, know exactly what you're doing. So like, how can you help somebody who's listening right now? Maybe they're even starting out, but maybe they've been in business for a while and maybe their messaging isn't as clear as it needs to be. Like what tips can you give them to help them have a more clear message? So people coming to their website or their social media channels know exactly what they do. So there are some techniques that you can deploy very easily with a lot of the social media aspects that are out there. And those social media aspects, meaning if somebody is is advertising on Facebook, there are ways to do different things. There are certain things called lookalike audiences. Once you have a successful transaction, you can then backtrack that to figuring out what ad did they see? What did I say to them in that ad? What message did they receive that then made them go through the process of wanting to learn more and then eventually either going away or becoming a customer or just finding out more information and then trying to leverage all of those pivot points in the customer transaction to refine your own messaging. You know, there's the traditionally there's A-B testing, they call it, where you take the same video, let's say, but you put two different messages in and which one gets the best reaction or the most reaction. Or you put the same message with two different videos. Or we take two different videos and we play two different soundtracks of different types of music. We have some soundtracks that resonate with people. And you see that all of a sudden they start going to your website. We have some that we play or an ad that we place that gets little or no reaction. And so 
the beauty of social media and the beauty of the internet is that you could quickly pivot on these types of things and analyze them using the analytics solutions that are built in, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, Pinterest, Google Ads. All of these things have the ability to track where somebody started and where they ended up, what page on your website did they visit. And all of that information is available to us. Sometimes perhaps too much information. But if you know how to use it to answer you directly, can be, which I mm-hmm. very rarely do, but to answer you as directly as possible, it's just a question of looking at the data that you have and then understanding where you can make those changes, then further analyze the data that comes from those changes until you get to the point that says, this is the kind of customer I want. And then sometimes you'll get a customer that'll turn out to be somebody who really perhaps should not have made that purchase decision. Perhaps they purchased something for the wrong reasons, and now they're disappointed in that. No different than somebody going to a restaurant, only to find out that you know what they thought was uh, a chef that would respond to their allergies really did not do so, and they got they didn't get the meal or the experience that they wanted. So it's really across the board in any business at all, the kinds of things I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And actually, while you're talking about that at the very end, where maybe there's someone who's not satisfied, you know, what would you say to somebody who maybe has someone who's left some negative feedback, you know, on a Yelp review or a Google review or something? And how should they interact with that person and try to make it right, as well as, you know, let people know who are coming and seeing that, that they are trying to make an effort, you know, to improve? Well, yeah, reputation management is very important these days. Uh, number one, you don't know who's looking at it. You don't know what their motivation was for coming to your site until you have mm-hmm. the opportunity to interact with them. And if a bad review prevents you from ever having that interaction or telling your side of the story, so to speak, that could be detrimental to your business and your reputation. So it's important to understand and to be notified or to, to locate those types of reviews or comments that are out there. I mean, all the time we're getting comments. I don't I don't know that we've gotten really bad reviews in, in all honesty, but we definitely get people who don't understand what our machine does and what it is. You know, we get a lot of people um, who say, you're taking food off the table of artists. You know, they, they, this is the worst thing they've ever seen, automated art on walls. Um, you know, you're taking a, the, a muralist who has that creative talent and you're, you're minimizing it to, a, to an automated painting machine. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. But if you don't respond to that, if you don't try to make people understand or at least help them appreciate the features of, of your product or service, for me, that interaction gets a response all the time that anything, nothing could be further from the truth. What we're doing is respecting the creative aspects of the artist and just giving them a reliable way to quickly put their art on the wall and, and, and allow them to do what they do best, which is create the art. There's, that's never taken out of the equation. You can't put a picture on the wall unless you have a picture. So somebody has to create that picture. So, so that's the, that's the, uh, many of our customers are muralists and artists and photographers and graphics designers. Um, mm-hmm. and then you also have the luxury of uh, a whole other segment of customers. Right. Well, and I was thinking while you were talking too, you know, with these new rules of selling, you know, and we're talking a lot of online, is there a difference in terms of marketing and interaction and things? If you have a physical product versus like a digital product, are there, you know, different things that our listeners should be doing based on what they sell? I think the basics uh, within everything that I'm talking about are really agnostic 
to the product or service. These are all, all I won't say skills, but all aspects of the selling and marketing processes that go along with, with introducing any product services. I don't care whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or you're selling a, a, a widget. These are, these are different aspects of, of any, any opportunity you have to let people become aware of what you're offering. You can be an accountant providing services. You could get testimonials and put them out there. You can talk about features. You can talk about benefits, both of which are important to different audiences. And that has nothing to do with whether you're selling a wall printer or a widget or a service like a, a pest control or, or anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the main thing is really just learn about the online selling, whether you have that product or service and how to market, how to have your message, you know, so people know exactly what you do and if you're the right fit for them, you know, so you could draw those customers in basically. Absolutely. Candy. You know, it's all still about listening to the customer, you know, trying to give people what they want or making them aware that you can be just a trusted resource when you tell them this isn't for you. More often mm-hmm. than not, we, 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 conclude an interaction with a person who's inquiring about our products and services, it invariably ends up with, this is not the right business for you, because maybe they don't want to do the hands-on maintenance that is required, or they don't want to hire somebody, or they don't have the real budget or desire to look at all aspects of the business. And I'm not just talking about a wall printing machine. I'm talking about people who just have the idea of being a business owner but don't mm-hmm. really understand what it takes to be a business owner. It's not always just about the product or service. It's about all these other things that we've talked about here. Great questions, Candy, about the marketing and the selling of it. But it's also about what's under the covers. You've got your accounting. You've got your legal. You've got to be able to feed your family. You have to have a budget. Mm-hmm. I call it time, talent, and treasure. You have to have the time right. to devote properly to a business. You have to have the talent to do it. And that talent doesn't have to be yours. It could be people you hire or people you partner with, and you have to have the finances to be able to allow yourself the bandwidth or the time needed to introduce this product, to get your first customers, and then continue to market itself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I know this has been an interesting topic. We, I know we've just probably started to scratch the surface, but we are running out of time for today's episode. So I would love to just ask you, do you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners and how can people connect with you? Yeah, I guess, I guess that's really the same answer to both those questions. I don't, I don't do these podcasts and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your audience. Well, I, I, I enjoyed it talking about my company because I, I do love it. Um, and I love the products and I love the, the customers that we put into business using our products. But, you know, the offer that I present in these types of things are just the ability to connect. It's all about relationships. Whatever your business is, whatever you, wherever you're going, even if you're just working for a company, and I don't mean just working for a company, you know, I, I work for many companies and sometimes owning a business is not for you today. It may be in the future, but first find out what you, what hats you like to wear, which ones you don't like to wear. So to answer your question, if anybody wants to talk further, you know, I'm always available. That's my offer. Um, I, you can reach me on LinkedIn uh, very easily. I don't, uh, it's not a sales pitch for LinkedIn, but I think it's a good professional network that people can find like-minded people or resources that might help them in their journey. And uh, and I'm always happy to connect with people and make myself available. If somebody does say that they heard about the wall printer on the Candy Messer show, I'll tell you what, I will commit you to free shipping on our of our machine if somebody actually sees that this is a suitable business for them. Um, that could be a savings of as much as a thousand dollars. 
because it's about a 400 pound shipment that goes to you when all is said and done. And so if they tell us that they heard about us on Candy Messages podcast, I will ship our products to you free of charge. Um, so there's, there's the offer. I've never actually given that offer to anybody before. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, Paul, for being a guest on my show. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Candy. I wish you the best and to your audience as well. Thank you. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found this discussion interesting and you enjoyed our topic, the new roles of selling in today's business environment. If you have any questions or comments, of course, you can reach out to Paul or send me a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join me for my next interview. And remember, you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can find my show, Biz Help For You, posted on several favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share my show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.